It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where, of course, we talk about the Indiana Pacers. As always, I'm one of the hosts of the show, Tony East, covering the team for the Fieldhouse, Forbes, and the West Indianapolis Community News. Joining me. From the Fieldhouse for a fun show where we're going to talk about the highs and lows of Pacers fandom. Will Fur also right at the Fieldhouse. Will, how's it going, man? Good. How you doing, Tony? Well, you haven't been on in a long time. I feel like the last time you were on, we talked about rebounding and effort, and it was like 2017. <laughs> we did talk about rebounding. This I can confirm. I don't remember who we were talking about when we talked about rebounding. But today, Will's idea, genius. We're talking about uh, our least favorite and favorite non-star Pacers and... Uh, Per the, per the Lockdown Network, uh, fun thing we're doing across the network where all, uh, every show is picking some of the best seasons in franchise history and dissecting them. So me and Will are going to do that too. But we're starting with uh, role players we irrationally hated and internationally loved. We're going to go our third to first. So third most hated and third loved up to first. Uh, do you want to do hate or love first? Let's start off positive. Let's do love. Okay, Will, your third favorite non-star player in Pacers history. The caveat here from Will is they had to have been here for one Evan Turner of time, and that's a very specific uh, amount of time, I feel like. One Evan Turner of time, yes. Evan Turner will not be making this list because he's a, he's a duh. <laughs> um, my number three most loved Pacers bit player is Damian Rudez. Ooh, I like Damo. Um, I loved watching him play. He was a big, tall, stiff who basically shot threes and was a turnstile on defense. But he was a lot of fun. You know, the Pacers were experimenting with trying to put stretch fours out there, which is something that Nate McMillan would never do. <laughs> yeah, the, his, his year in Indiana was like the year he showed he could gun and then he never hit threes again, right? Because he was out of the league pretty quick. Yeah, he was uh, 28 when he came to Indiana, That's shot right. 41% from three. Shot 34% the next year, 31% the following year, and Oof. was out of the NBA. Oof. 
I feel like the last thing I remember from him is a Magic jersey. Yeah, you are correct. Okay. I am yeah. amazed you remember that. He had a second seat. Who was he with between the Pacers and the Magic? Minnesota. I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Uh, my number three fave is also a foreign player. Do you, can you guess who it is? Oh, um, the only guess I'd have is probably too old. I was going to say uh, Sarunas. It is Sarunas. Oh, my goodness. Good job. Sarunas, the only Pacers jersey I own is Sarunas. Uh, what a fun year. A same, similar uh, similar guy. Was supposed to be this awesome shooter. Um, was okay. Had a fun fun year with him and then was immediately shipped to, to, to Golden State. But, yeah, man, Sarunas was awesome. He was really fun uh, in a year that there was not a lot of fun because that was right after um, something we'll talk about later. And <laughs> the shifting of the era as Reggie was gone. Uh, and Sarunas was this bright, fun thing, and he was really good. Not he really was good. Do you remember what American player they compared him to? They kept calling him the foreign something. No, I should. Uh, maybe I should know this. He was supposed to be way better than he was. He one was of a lot his of fun nicknames watch, that though. I didn't know on Basketball Reference, one of his nicknames is Jazzy Cabbages. <laughs> that's funny. That's kind of like if you say his last name, just like straight faced. But no, I've never heard him called Jazzy Cabbages before. I like that. I love basketball reference nicknames. <laughs> I don't think some of them are real. Like Nazmi Trulong, one of his is Threesis of Nazareth. And I've never heard him called that before, but that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I right. we went the foreign route early. That is also uh, some foreshadowing for me, although I'm not sure if my winner, that I think everybody knows who listens to the show, counts as a role player, but whatever. Uh, we're moving to hate now. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with players that I don't enjoy watching because hate is a very strong word. Okay. I appreciate it. Um, and I'm going to get a lot of hate Uh-oh. for this first one. Uh, Alizé Johnson. What? I do not enjoy watching Alizé. I thought you play. loved the rebounding. But that was your, oh, I, your thing. I do love the rebounding, and he's, he's great at rebounding, but he also shoots every time he touches the ball. <laughs> he just puts his head down. The court, man. He puts his head down, he drives right, and he <laughs> throws the ball in the general direction of the bucket. And it works great in the G League. He's a G League all-star. Hey, I got to quote uh, Lazarus Jackson here for big men. If you can walk and chew gum at the same time, you're going to average 20 and 10 in the G League. So uh, he's got that going for him. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's a great guy, and he's a perfect 15th guy, you know, whatever. I just don't don't enjoy watching him at the NBA level. Wow. I did not, I did not expect him to make this list for some reason. I just like him. Okay, my number three is actually a kind of popular player, although I think my number one is the most popular player. But uh, My number three is Chris Copeland. Oh, Cope was almost on my love. He was my See? number five. See? A very popular guy. I, did, I, I, don't, I can't explain it. It's, like, it's not like your Alizé. That's not true at all. I just never got it. Like, okay, this dude can shoot. Can shoot. And then the year they asked him to shoot a lot and actually played him a lot, he couldn't shoot. It's like, why, are, why is he still in games? Like, this guy's supposed to be helpful, and he's not helpful at all. And that was the year things started to really crumble and Paul George was out, and it, it, everything was bad, and he was also bad. And I just associate him with gross Pacers basketball. I am just very glad he's okay after the nightclub incident. <laughs> yes, uh, that is a fair assessment of of thoughts on Chris Copeland. And yeah, I get why he was supposed to be this awesome role player shooter. He looked like he was going to be one uh, his first year in Indiana, but that didn't carry over at all. And then he kept being really hyped up and kept playing and was, was never really anything for me. So I think if he was in today's NBA at that age, 
he he would be useful. I think somebody would figure out a way to use him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can hit forty percent now, yeah, you'll get nine million a year from some team. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, all right, loves again. Your number okay. two love. My number two. This one is mighty obscure. Okay. Uh, Jameson Brewer. Wow, I don't really know much about him. Jameson Brewer was Go a pacer on. from 01 to 04. Okay. He was a third string point guard. Oh, okay. He was behind Travis Best. Okay. Uh, Jameson Brewer didn't hit a three his first two years. He okay. shot 25% for his career. Okay. Uh, but he was a 6'4 point guard. He had really long um, I, braids, I think. And he was just a defensive menace. He was a menace. He hounded dudes full court. He was way more athletic than anybody he was playing third string. In all 54 of the games he played in, I'm sure his defense was fantastic. Did you see his free throw shooting numbers? Uh, yikes. <laughs> 39% career. What? I, do, you think, do you think you could hit 40% of your threes in the NBA? The free throws? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If they gave you 28 free throws in game scenarios, crowd watching, you could do hit more than 11. Yes. Yeah, I think I could too. Um, but he was a fun defender. That's good. They got to give something if that's going to be, oh my gosh, these shooting splits. Yeah, the he inverse, did not belong in the NBA. <laughs> what's the inverse 50, 40, 90 club if they're all sub 40? What, 30, the, the 37, 25, 39 club cannot be uh a good, a good line for a guy who had a four-year NBA career also. Yeah, he's probably almost alone in that club. I want to look that up after this. That's very interesting. Okay. Uh, I really want to shout out a guy I had to cut because he's in a similar mold to the guy who is my number two fave. Orlando Johnson I considered very heavily for... Juice. For a spot, yes. I mean, there's a, everybody knows why. Very fun, very fast. Not the longest Pacers tenure, but good. Uh, instead... Yeah. I chose a very recent, also third-string point guard, and I think uh, everybody on the planet liked Joe Young, and I also liked Joe Young. Non-basketball, Joe Young, good dude, good dad, worked his butt off, slept on the practice court. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I remember that picture. Wakes up, takes 500 shots, goes back to bed every time he wakes up. I mean, that's such a dorky thing, but it's so Joe Young, it's ridiculous, and I really believed in him every single year he was here, and he proved me wrong. He was not really quite an NBA player, although the third year he figured out how to shoot. So maybe he did have a future, but he was a little on the old side. But I always felt like he just had provided enough of a spark on offense. And Summer League Joe Young was a thing, too, that he could be just positive enough to make up for his future defense, even in a rotation if he was a backup. He never got that chance, but man, did I like watching him try. I wrote two consecutive years about why the Pacers should give Joe Young a shot at backup point guard. Two consecutive years for eight points, nine seconds. In in 17-18, it was impossible because they had such solid point guard play. In 16-17, I feel like maybe they could have gotten away with it, right? He he had opportunities, and he (laughs) he did. Well, like when you when you can play Aaron Brooks, you just have to do it, right? There's a guy I forgot existed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you when you can give 14 minutes a game to Aaron Brooks, uh, give me Jamison Brewer instead. <laughs> I mean, you just have to do it. Yeah, see, Joe Young should have played over Aaron Brooks, and re- even in retrospect, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. That guard rotation. Oh my gosh. I mean, look, 2016-17 guard rotation: Jeff Teague, 
Paul George, Monte Ellis, Aaron Brooks, Rodney Stuckey. That's that was a year that happened. I just can't understand why anybody would have wanted to leave that team. Anybody important? I don't. <laughs> makes no sense to me. <sighs> man, how many? Man, there's just so many guys out of the league on this team. It's ridiculous. All right, number one spots. The fun part. No, I have a number two least liked. First. Oh, I'm sorry. We're going on least likes. Duh. Yeah. I'm breaking the order of events. Apparently, go ahead. My number two has played 658 games in the NBA. How many for the Pacers? Uh, let me see. 60. Six. Ooh. This is a recent player. Yep. Played 18 minutes game. I have no idea who you're talking about. Gerald Green. Oh. Oh. And you hate Gerald Green? I don't hate Gerald Green, but oh my God, watching oh, him play right. defense. I forgot we're not using the word hate here. Yes, he was a, <laughs> he still is, sorry, an atrocious defender. There is a play, and I don't remember who it was against anymore, but it's burned into my retinas of him standing and staring at the ball at the top of the key <laughs> while his guy cut back door and got an alley-oop dunk. Interesting. And I have never forgotten that. Gerald Green shot 31% from three for the Pacers, 37% overall. Give it his all. Yeah. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My number two hate might be your number one hate, so I'm sorry if I step on your toes here. Uh, My number two hate is Josh McRoberts. Oh, no. That is not your number one? Okay. Uh, I think the the reason is, and I thought that, like, Look, McRoberts never was, like, truly awful. Like, he's not a good NBA player. Like, 20 minutes, in, I, I get they were bad in 2010, but 20 minutes is too much for Josh McRoberts. But, like, you know what? 10 to 15 minutes to come in and shoot some threes like he did for the Heat, like he did in other stops along the way. Yeah, it's fine. You know, cool. Josh McRoberts didn't suck. Indie guy, like that. But the perfect quarter. I mean, that's it. That's your <laughs> That's your legacy here. And... That's all anyone remembers you for is missing the shot. You didn't even have to take it. There was no reason From to take it. From half court. Didn't have to take it. No reason to take it. Ruined the perfect quarter. He deserves the criticism just for that. Wow. He started 51 games for the Pacers in 2010-11. Again, that team was bad. I get why he played a lot. That's probably too many minutes, but they were bad. It's okay. Yikes. Not like bad, bad. They actually made the playoffs. If you, you remember that? The the Pacers just do that in their sleep, though. <laughs> they just they just roll into the eight seat, but they were bad. I mean, they were bad. So that is my. Uh, I mean, for no reason other than one shot that made no sense. That is my number two. Yep. Yeah, I I totally understand that. I thought for so, sure you'd be your number one for some reason. N- no, you're gonna know my number one well. Um, do you want to do number one love, or do you want to do number one dislike and end on the loves? Oh, okay. We can end on the high notes, but everybody knows my answer to both. So you're you're the you're the wild card on this. My number one disliked pacer. I'm going to give you an opportunity to guess. He had two tenures here. 
Oh, Darren Collison. Darren Collison. Wow. It's not talking Darren- about enough that he was like not the greatest dude for that uh that whole domestic violence thing. Yeah. Because that's not cool. But uh his on court play, I feel like it's hard to, it's hard to not like it. I was mad when they re signed him because of the domestic violence stuff in Sacramento. Yes. Understood. But he just is if you look up replacement level in the dictionary. No, no way. There's a picture of Darren Collison. He is fine. He is average. He has the slowest jump shot ever since Solomon Hill. Um, he makes passes that you or I could make. He has never caught a backdoor cut in his life. He just, he's a super boring point guard. He is. If he is your starter, you're not going anywhere. He would yeah. be a great backup point guard. When I think of the term rep- replacement level, I think of like the Joe Youngs of the league. Like I could just scrap up the best G leaguer and replace this guy. Collison's better than that. How many teams would Darren Collison start on? Were he not on his uh, missionary work? Uh, not, not a ton. Like the three, Knicks, maybe the magic. He'd be great for the Knicks. Oh my gosh, he'd be exactly what they need. The Magic would win, like, up court. The Magic would win forty-five to fifty games if they had Darren Collison. He wouldn't start over Markel Fultz. No way. Oh, you advocated for Fultz the whole time Collison was here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, except Fultz doesn't start, right? Don't they start DJ Augustine? No, Fultz has been starting. Oh. He took the job from good. Augustine. Good. <laughs> That's good. Uh, okay, that's uh, the the Hornets. Maybe now Devonte Graham's better. Okay, yeah, the Knicks might be the the one here. <laughs> maybe the Lakers, the we team might. he was rumored to go to. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The Pistons now that Reggie Jackson's gone, but they don't want to be good. Yeah, that there's not many. There's not many. But he really what like like the teams that he should start on or should is the wrong word. The teams that he would start on would be a team that has LeBron, right? So Darren Collison's role is. Dribble the court, pass, go stand in the corner. Like, don't do anything. Yep, and shoot terribly wide open threes. <laughs> he does not shoot unless he... I mean, the, the painful thing with Collison for me was when he'd get a big on a switch and just could not get past them at all. Nope, he would wind up shooting slightly number. fading to his left from about 17 feet. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it drove me. That drove me crazy. He, had he enough, did hit like, a game winner, though. He had two game winners. On that exact shot. He had some nice game winners. One in New Orleans, one in Chicago. Like, he, he was just good enough that it was fine the whole time. But, yeah. And especially, like, like, the hate to me, if you want to call him blah, is you get to the postseason, you need these role players to be good and doing their job. And he never really did. He shot 36, 35% and 36% from three in the playoffs in two seasons here. Like, that's not do, true. Do you recall him trying to dribble the ball up the court against LeBron at the end of his first stint in Indiana? I do. <laughs> and LeBron just taking it away, just enveloping him in arms. This is mine. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I do. Okay, who's your number one dislike? You know the answer. Don't you? Do you? Do you? Also has two stints with the Pacers and was about to have three. Oh, no. Oh, Tony, you are going to get so many emails. Every, everybody knows. I mean, so, it's pretty, so many DMs. It's a pretty People common thing I bring anymore. up on the show. Mine is Lance. Look, look. Okay. Actually, no. I'm going to rephrase what I just said. Mine is not Lance. Mine is 2016 and onward Pacers Lance. Because, so like Collison, 
terrible guy, right? All indications, he's done some horrible things off the court. Sticking to just basketball here, he was actually good when they were good. In 13-14, he was like the second best non-all-star in the Eastern Conference. Like, he's a top 15 player in the East that year. Good player. Really good player, actually. Got LeBron's head. What? Go ahead. I want a 30 for 30 on what happened to his ability to play basketball. Play, yeah. What the, did he get to Charlotte? And they were like, all right, we don't care what you do. Do whatever you want. Like every day. Like you don't have to come to practice. Like that's the only explanation that makes any sense to me. Because, I, I do wonder what his career would have been like if he'd signed the extension with the Pacers. Yeah. Like that summer, Lance leaving and the PGU team USA in the same time. Like, uh, anyway. Uh, just terrible. Like literally every player in the rotation, 16, 17 and 17, 18, they outscore the other team with him on the court, except for Lance and their net ratings are good except for Lance. And yeah. Okay. He's had two or three games where, yeah, he wins him the game down the stretch with energy. You know who did that this year? Aaron holiday. You know, who's better than Lance Aaron holiday. You know, who doesn't lose nearly as many games as Lance did for the Pacers in those two years, Aaron holiday. Like he just had so many bad moments that just drove me insane i need to make an award called the lance award for the guy that makes me go why when he shoots and it's lance all the time this year it doesn't happen as often but i just did not enjoy watching him play basketball and it drove me crazy and i and i don't get it like people always say oh the pacers don't go for it they're not trying to get past the first round blah 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 and they really want the pacers to sign this guy it's like okay he's fun you can admit he's fun but you 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 can't want him in the rotation like that will not help the team win. Just won't. He would be a great 13th man. Yes. Garbage time. Great. Put him in, get the crowd hype. I love it. Yeah. You get three injuries and you need him to play 10 minutes. Okay. Great. I love that. That, that, yeah. When, when Brogdon got hurt, I was still very strongly. know when lamb got hurt, I'm still pretty strongly. No, but at least it makes sense. Like at least now he's playing because you have three better guys who are not going to be playing. Whatever. It is what it is. All right. Loves. Will Fur. Your number one Pacers love. Yep, my number one guy. Uh I I coined an expression for every time he came into the game. He only played one season here. Is Sam Young. Hey. Sam Young himself. Very good player. The, the Sam Young experience. Why is, uh, is he your favorite? Besides you had a nickname for him. His Did career he get an ended. Evan Turner of time. Yes. Yeah, he had a full season. Yeah, you're right. Fifty six games. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sam Young for me was what Lance is for so many other people. <laughs> I just never knew what he was going to do. Was he going to dribble drive and beat three guys to the hoop? Was he going to hit a three? Was he going to drive into three guys and dribble the ball off his foot and fall <laughs> down? Um, he was a super energy guy. Hustled on defense always played hard you know that's a that's a prerequisite if you're going to be a bench guy that i love but i just the game was exciting when he was in it <laughs> yeah that team had him and lance both at the peak of their fu- of their fun powers close to the peak of their fun powers yeah it just totally unpredictable 39 <laughs> percent shooter 31 percent from three yikes 53 yeah. 54 from the line but, but those stats are the kind of guy that when you love him means He's either eight for ten or two for ten every game. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I love. <laughs> I love that one. That's a good one, man. The twenty two, like in retrospect, it's crazy how many guys from twelve thirteen people have strong feelings about because that team was like so beloved in the moment. 
and then everything changed, of course. Yes, it did. Uh, my um, number one love is obvious, correct? I don't know. I, I wasn't expecting Lance, so. <laughs> I caped for this guy for years. Right when he joined the years, two years, right when he joined the team. It is uh, Bob Beretta, Boyan Bogdanovich himself. He's probably okay. the best. He's probably too good for this list, right? Yeah, I I would have called him not a star, but too big of a player. But okay, good. Tell me about it. Well, one, right when he got here, I was like, oh man, this is awesome! I'm like great bench player behind GR three. I was like, no, 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 this guy is much better than GR three. Watch. And then he was great the first year here. Canned a bunch of threes. Year two became the meme with with Vic saying Boyan like a weirdo into the mic and. Just did a bunch of silly stuff, did the birthday thing uh, at media day, uh, dunked in the game, said he's never going to dunk again, and then dunked the very next game. And then when Vic went down, holy crap, this guy's a 20-point-a-game scorer at a moderately efficient clip. Like, damn, this dude's good, good. So one, he was hilarious inadvertently all the time and was good at basketball. And two, uh, I was proved right, and (laughs) I love that. And I just really liked watching him play. He didn't really have like a variety of tricks, but somehow he made it all work all the time. I I was always amazed by his ability to get to the bucket. Yeah. Yeah. That second year addition of like dribbling <laughs> was so big for him because he could not do it at all his first year here. And I don't know how he ever dribbled past anybody. It worked. I don't know either, but it worked. It was always a right-hand dribble, very up and down, and it worked. He got to the room. He's averaging over 20 a game in Utah. Man, they just makes me so like like my I'm not as I'm not as much of an eight critic as other guys, but seeing him just so easily get to 20 points just by taking two and a half more threes a game is just infuriating. Okay. Uh lightning question here. Oh, okay. Given their current salaries, Bojan or TJ Warren? Warren, probably, right? I mean, Warren's a better. Warren's absolutely a better defender now, and he only and he scores barely less. But I think the impact on D, you have to pick Warren. I would absolutely agree with you, but Bojan was your your favorite, so I needed to check. Yeah, well, I didn't think TJ Warren would be this good too. Like, I love, I really like TJ Warren. He's one of my faves. Probably he's going to end up one of my faves. I mean, he's going to be here for like three or four more years too. Um, it's it's ridiculous. Like he just stumbled into good defense. It makes no sense how it happened. It's it's got to be Dan Burke, right? There's there's totally something in the Burke water. Every player I talk to about like, oh, okay, like you, you, what are you learning here? You know, a lot of like um, so like Brian Bowen, I asked the question too because a lot of two way guys come here because the Pacers convert two way deals a lot. So the, I was like, what are you liking about here? And he's like, oh, Dan Burke's teaching me all these angles and places to stand on defense to get to my guy faster. Like I'm, all these guys just get better on D with him. It makes no sense. Even McDermott went from worst defender in the NBA to like. 50th worst defender in the NBA. Like, right. That, that's a, But that's a useful jump. They need that. Yeah, he can play. He can be on the court. He can guard a post player. He can't guard a perimeter player for damn. But hey, when you shoot like that, I don't really care how you defend. Before we go to our final segment here, I just want to read out loud the roster from that 12-13 Pacers team. Okay, the, the fun squad? Yeah. Okay. That was uh, DJ Augustin. Liked him, yep, okay. Jeff... Pendergraph at the time airs now. <laughs> okay. Yes, liked him. Uh, PG. Would be my fave ever if we had stars allowed in this. Danny Granger. Okay. Obviously beloved. 
Gerald Green. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to change your voice inflection for Gerald. I absolutely planned to. <laughs> Both of the Hansboroughs. Okay. Hibbert, yes. George Hill. Okay. Yep. Orlando Johnson, who also made this list. Yes. Sort and kind of. Honorable mentions. Yeah. Jan. I loved Jan Mahinmi. We're about to hit an honorable mention of my hate list. Uh, Miles Plumley. Yes. I 100% on board. Uh, he didn't make it, but yes, he was a, an honorable mention for my hate list. All right, finish the roster, sorry. Yeah, Lance Stevenson, David West, Sam Young, and some guy named Dominic McGuire, <laughs> who I have absolutely no recollection of. Did he play that year? He, he sure did. He appeared 342 in career games. He appeared in two games for the Pacers that season, although he played for three different teams. So Yeah, <laughs> I, I could not tell you a single thing about Dominic him. McGuire. Okay, well, he was on the team that year. Yeah, Miles Plumlee was close to making it because, ugh, just first-round pick last a year in, on a team. Uh, it's just brutal. Yeah. Yeah, it was not good. But he brought us Luis Scola. He did. Man, remember when he got like fifty million from the Bucks? Whoops! <laughs> and now he's like forty-three years old and bearded and still playing Olympic basketball. He's on the Hawks. He doesn't play, but he's on the Hawks. Oh, I meant Scola. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, oh, the wow. Bucks overpaid Plumley a terrible amount. Yes, did Scola get overpaid? Did he ever get twenty sixteen money? I know he played like the year after that for the Nets, but I don't think he got a bunch of money. I don't think so. What a shame! All right. Best teams in franchise history. We're going to talk about it after a short little break. Hey, guys. During this break, I want to once again tell you about the cool stuff going on over at MyBookie, who can keep you sane and entertained with access to your favorite games, even though you can't bet on sports. It's like blackjack, roulette, slots, war, and more. It doesn't matter whether you're out on the front lines or quarantined, stuck at home. The fun does not have to come to an end. Video poker can be your, not be your thing, and you can still get your fix because they've got you covered. They have a live casino hosts dealers online that's right they have professional dealers at their tables live on site 24 7 over at my bookie your favorite squad might be sidelined but don't sweat it you can even bet on esports on virtual action over there on 2k on nba 2k 20 and more you can bet on shifting odds for political bets they have something for everyone just go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code locked on nba all one word all caps for a 150% bonus on your first casino deposit, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA on mybookie.ag. You spin, you win, you get paid. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so there's a lot of ways we can do this. Um, should we just say what the absolute obvious best season is and then pick debate second and third? Yeah, I think that makes sense. And the caveat here, of course, is that we're not we're not going back to the ABA days. <laughs> right, right. Well, I we I I don't know your exact age, but I know your general age well enough to know that you did not do not uh, have a good recollection of the ABA days. 
<laughs> nope, I won't give my exact age, but I was oh. old enough to watch a certain event that changed the franchise forever and remember where I was. I think we'll talk about that. I remember where I was too, and I was not as old as you. But anyway, yes, 2009. Okay, so the best season in franchise history is 1999 2000 because small market glory or not, this is a basketball state. They made it to the promised land and they had Reggie for all this time. They had had pretty good teams, but couldn't get by Michael or couldn't get by Ewing or this or that. They finally made it to the finals. They had a really good team to do it. That was their best season, right? It has to be. Oh, absolutely. And that roster was loaded, man. I'm not sure that's their actual best team. It's not. But that could be a fun discussion. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, it's not the best team good. Uh, but I think that is the best season. Just results... Uh, they, you know, again, they finally make it to the finals. The team is, yeah, exactly loaded. They have, you know, all stars up and down, good players left and right. Uh, they were really an overtime away in game four from potentially being up three, two in the finals at one point. Like that was it. That's the best season. Yeah. They had a shot against Shaq and Kobe. And that is a te- or a thing that a lot of teams can't say. Yeah. An injury really helped them, which I'm glad I get to go back and watch the series now to learn more about that. But I think that has to be the the best season in franchise history. And maybe devoting more time to covering it will be something I do in the future. But I think that yep. I think that's it. I think that's the beginning and end of the best season discussion. And that's kind do of you, boring. So, so Do you know talk. why Ben Gibson would say that's the best season? Because they made the finals? Because it was Jeff Foster's rookie year. It was Jeff Foster's rookie year. That is true. Oh, man. Yeah, that that team had uh, all the scrappers in one place, right? Foster and Crozier was on the same team. Yep. And don't forget Big Smooth, my guy. (laughs) Of course. How could I? Um, So now is where things get a little more interesting because they've had multiple conference finals appearances and they had a team that likely could have won the finals were it not for some massive event. Um, So the... That was the best season. What do you think the best team is? Oh, man. The best team has got to be, what was it? The oh. oh, Oh, has got to be. I'm not sure it's super obvious. Oh, I don't think there's a single doubt. It's Brawl Team? It's the Brawl Team. Oh, 0405, yeah. Yep. They yeah. were the best team in the NBA. I think they could that, that could have been the, the championship in Indiana because yep. they figured so they they had it figured out like early in the year with get Ron and J.O. cooking and just have Reggie be like this extra option. Oh, and Steven Jackson's freaking ridiculous. They got Tinsley in the house, their bench is loaded, like they were nasty good. Yeah. They were using Reggie like late career Ray Allen. Yeah. Um <laughs> Ron Artest was people remember the Lakers years and they remember him thanking his therapist on the finals <laughs> stage and they remember Metal World Peace. Ron Artest was insanely good. He was. He would have been that would have been his second All-Star in a row for sure, right? He was crazy good. Yeah. Through and it was only 7 games. But through 7 games that year he was putting up 25 shooting 50% from the field, 41% from three, six boards, two steals, and a block. 50, 40, 90 through the seven games. And then uh, someone threw something at him. I don't remember actually what happened. I'll just – allegedly a lot of 
punches were thrown. Um, and they were never the same. And you know what? I think that's a, a, probably a good case for the best team. My argument would be, uh, this is so unpopular. I'm, I'm not ready. Uh, my argument would be 13-14. Let me, yeah. They needed LeBron. The LeBron was the only thing that could beat that team to me. Now, the Spurs were sick that finals, but they, they got better the next finals. But I think that team – so it's like hmm, compared to their surrounding teams, I think that 04-05 was probably better compared to the rest of the NBA than 13-14 was. But I think 13-14 was a better team than 0405. Correct me if I'm wrong here. 13-14 is the year that they almost lost to the Hawks in the first round. <laughs> uh, we, don't, we, don't, we don't talk about that. Yes, that is the correct. The Antich year. Yes, uh, it took some, some clutch David West threes to get past the Hawks that year. Um, I, if we're talking about just the team's ability, I'm with you, but... Uh, I, can I swear on this show? Yes, well, you can. Oh, good. That was the year of Operation Shit the Bed. Yes, it was. After that GQ yes, photo shoot. So what do you make of them going uh, six games against the Hawks the season before that? Uh, I, obviously, the Hawks knew to stretch Roy Hibbert out, and that <laughs> was an issue. But Yeah, the photo was... shoot, the alleged banging of wives, the <sighs> fishing... The Bynum, the Granger, like, bam, bam, Don't forget about Evan Turner. Yeah, man, it all happened so fast. So, they were insane to start that year. Like, yeah. Well, their their sixth loss was January 1st. That's nuts. Yep, and I don't think the Heat were ever particularly scared, but they were tearing the league up. Well, that was, was that, or was the year before that was LeBron's, like, Holy shit, this guy's insane year. I think it was that I, year. Yeah. 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 yeah the Heat year. hadn't totally figured out the regular season. Yeah. Or they didn't totally care about the regular season. <laughs> but well, and they finally got oh, okay, cool. Rashard Lewis is pretty good. Rounds pretty good. Chalmer, like they they got the role players that year. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> but they, I mean they tried everything to get Roy Hibbert in foul trouble. They got Greg Oden. Like they weren't yeah. scared necessarily, but they were trying to do things tactically. I legitimately think that uh, for the early portion of LeBron's career, at least, Roy Hibbert was the only player who ever scared him. Yeah, that's crazy. But okay, yes, I think those are probably the two best teams in some order, right? Yeah. Next. It'd be, it's, it's hard with some of the mid-90s teams. Like, if you, if you just lose to Jordan, like, in 98 – that's a damn good season. 58 and 58 wins and losing to Jordan is a damn good year, right? Oh, absolutely. Losing to Jordan and, in 7. And that was the year that uh they they really had a chance to dethrone him. Yeah, they only lost that game by 5. They played him tough. I mean, they had opportunities to beat the Bulls in that series. I I kind of look at it as probably you have to say the 99 team just because they made the finals. Um, but I kind of look at one of each era. Like there's the one Reggie, Rick Smith's group, and then there's the one Paul George. What do you call 0405? What would what would that have been? The J.O. team? Oh, absolutely. That's Man, a J-O weird one because Reggie was still playing, history. and I feel, like, I feel like you have to call it the Reggie era if he's still playing, but it was clearly J.O.'s team. 
Yeah, that was Reggie's 18th year, right? Yes, 17? That was his last season, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that was the J.O. team. It might have been the Artest team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, 99, they lost. 2000, they made the finals, obviously. 99 lost the Knicks. 98 lost the Bulls. Like, those those three years in a row all have good cases to be made. Yep. <sighs> 20 years of running into Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Yeah, Illig was something different in the mid '90s. Those were, you know, they they were not always the conference finals necessarily, but <sighs> the Magic that one year in the conference finals as well. But I mean, whatever that team wasn't as good. Yeah, yeah so I think the I, I think we're in agreement. Wow. So the best season is 1999-2000, and the best three teams are some combo of that team 0405 and 1314. Yeah, I would 100% agree. Man, that's boring. We should have skipped and Shannon to this and like planned a crappy fight or something. <laughs> yeah, I would have argued for a Jim O'Brien team. <laughs> they were ahead of their time. You don't understand. Is that even possible to do? <laughs> well, you could say if you stuck a Jim O'Brien team in today's NBA, they might win 45 games instead of 42. <laughs> they, didn't, they never got the 40. Jim O'Brien never got the 40 wins. Okay. I, I've kind of blocked the Jim O'Brien years out. <laughs> I uh, I do not. Everything after Carlisle and before they were really good didn't happen. That that just was not a time of Pacers basketball that existed. Yeah, Troy, the Murph Levy years. Murph Levy, yeah. When those were the two best non-Granger players, that was embarrassing. Oh, God. Like, you had fun reading off the, the 2010-2011 roster, like, for me, it's 2007, 2008, where you just go, holy crap, how many, like, how these guys were Pacers? Kareem yeah. Rush, Andre Owens, Courtney Sims, Ronald Murray. Andre Owens went to my high school. Hey, okay, now we're talking. He went to IU, yeah. didn't he? Yep. Yeah, I know that one. I knew that one. Yeah, that team was bad. <laughs> that team was not a good basketball team. They did shoot a lot of threes, though, you are kidding. JLB. Third, third in the league in three-point attempts per game that year. Well, what? How many do you think they took? Oh my goodness! Um, I'm gonna say what they averaged. Fifteen a game, maybe. <laughs> okay, twenty-four point six. So much more than fifteen. But okay, that was third in the league. That's crazy. That is insane. And now that's what J- James Harden might do that in two years. <laughs> James Harden himself, yeah, is sniffing that. I don't know what he actually takes. It's a lot. Uh, well, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. Absolutely, man. Thanks for uh, having me on. I had a good time. This was fun. I, I don't get to do random topics anymore. Like mailbag questions are kind of random topics, but they're usually like, what max player can the Pacers not sign this summer? So <laughs> I get tired of those. Can the Pacers trade for Kawhi again? Yeah, for, again, trade for him again. Yeah, trade for him back. Oh, tra- yes, okay. Yeah, <laughs> we, we will um, capture Michael Winger and Jerry West, and then the Clippers will have no choice but to accept our demands. Hey, it's not DeAndre Jordan. We're not going <laughs> to lock him in a room somewhere. <laughs> it's our only chance. Uh, will uh, actually has – I don't know what Twitter account you want me to plug here. You don't really tweet on your NBA one. Yeah, I tweet on my NBA one a lot when we're not uh, in a lockdown with no NBA. It's at <laughs> Will for two hours NBA. And he writes for the Fieldhouse when we actually are doing stuff. We haven't done anything in a while, but it is what it is. 
And yep. of course, you can follow the show at Locked On Pacers. We'll be back Thursday since we are shifting to fewer shows in a week, although we will have four this week. Uh, to chat with none other than ESPN 1070's Kevin Bowen. So stick around for that. Should be fun. Uh, That is all for today's show, and we'll see you then. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.